0: Welcome to Six Pack Discussions, where Cody and Jared take on
1: the biggest, most talked about headlines with logic, passion, and a six pack of beer. If you're listening, we challenge you to take an unbiased view of the world, because we know these conversations are complicated. So sit down, crack a beer, and welcome a new perspective. Okay, Jared Jones, Cody Willis here, coming in from Six Pack Discussions, just cracked open our first beer. Um, Grab this actually at Target, I had to go to Target today after work, uh, which I don't go to often. I'm sure all the wives out there and all the ladies that are listening <laughs> to us are thinking, what can I grab what? for a beer at Target? And uh, you can grab Hazy Bear Hug. What a fun name. Something that you would find at Target, I feel like. What do you think? No,
0: no, no. Not Bear Hug. Beer
1: Hug. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, guys. There's a bear on the the can, and we'll talk about it in a second here. But it just makes your brain automatically say yeah. the bear, of course. Hazy Beer Hug. Um, so fun play, uh, from Goose Island Beer Co. So we'll talk about it here in about uh, 20 minutes. Jared, what are we talking about today, man?
0: Today we're going to be talking about stem cells. Goods, bads, magic babies, I think is, uh, you know, one of the term that's often been used and
1: yeah, yeah a little bit, of, a little bit about it. So stem cells, um, <clears throat> if, if we rewound, rewound the clock 15 years, I think stem cells would have been one of the most controversial subjects in the news. Yeah. Early 2000s, Bush administration, which was the president at the point in time in the, in the 2000s, um, stem cells and the controversy around stem cells were headline news. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll get into the reasons why, of course. But I think nowadays, I think stem cells are are kind of almost, I don't know, a mute point or moot point almost. It's kind of like uh, normal.
0: I, I don't know if it's a moot point. Yeah, I would almost say I feel like it's normalized.
1: Normalized. To where it's not even...
0: Dude, honestly, I don't know about you, but I kind of found a hard time as far as, like, finding relevant data Yeah, about this. Because it's just one of those things that mean, it's no different than an x-ray. Oh, yeah, you got an x-ray. Okay, yeah, you got stem cells. I mean, stem cells are used to freaking treat athletes' knees and shoulders to, you know, create babies,
1: right? 100%. They're all over the place. Um, So real quick. Maybe we should define what a stem cell is for anybody that is maybe heard of the word. That's a reasonable starting place for (laughs) for a podcast, right? But stem cells, you know, it's very scientific. Uh, So stem cells are what they call the body's raw material. Um, They're essentially cells uh, which all other cells with specialized functions are generated from. So think of it as kind of like the building block that then has, um, you know, it turns 18. it, It becomes a certain age and it gets a job. And it says, okay, I'm going to become a muscle. I'm going to become a nerve cell. I'm going to become a liver cell. So stem cells are essentially kind of an infant, teenager, you could say, and then all of a sudden it becomes a grown-up cell, and then it becomes that type of cell for the rest of its life.
0: And then that's the definition off of uh, Mayo Clinic, right?
1: I uh, believe it was, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure. Um, <clears throat> so one other thing that cells, uh, stem cells can do is create what they call daughter cells. Um, and this is where these cells uh, essentially reproduce additional stem cells. And so they can essentially create a, a stem line, I think it's considered. And so instead of becoming a muscle cell, a stem, uh, a stem cell can just create it's like a replicate of itself through mitosis, I believe it's called c- uh, uh, cell reproduction, where it will just copy itself and you'll have now two stem cells, three stem cells, four, six, and so on. And your body does this naturally, but where this occurs more, most often, and maybe you can talk about um, you know, kind of the couple of places that we have a lot of stem cells. Um, I'll talk about just in an adults and then maybe talk about babies a little bit. Um so every one of us that's listening right now, me and Jared sitting here, we have stem stem cells and a majority of them are gonna be found in our bones. So in our bone marrow, uh there is going to be a good amount of stem cells that are produced. And they almost always turn into red and white blood cells. That's really kind of where they stem from in adults. And that's called an adult stem cell. They're a little limited in function. They can't do as much as a, what Gerald will talk about, an embryonic or, um, uh, you know, I think uh, another one is the, what's the uh, the tube that connects the baby? Um, uh, the umbilical cord. Umbilical cord also has stem cells. Yes. I don't know if you want to chat about those a little bit.
0: Yeah. So the umbilical cord, that was one thing that I came across in my in my research. Now- I don't know if you maybe I'm just kind of uh very naive on this subject. And quite frankly, I, I was prior to reading a couple articles about this. Um, but what's coming increasingly popular, I would say over the last three or four years, is this uh not phenomenon, what's what's the word I want to use here? This this strategy as as far as, you know, being able to cure some of these, you know, certain types of cancers and blood disease, autoimmune disease, et cetera, um, was cord blood. Yeah. You came across that. Well, we've actually no, not
1: prior to. Well, because we have kids, and so we've actually oh. thought about keeping our cords. Okay. And So,
0: <clears throat> what? Some then, parents, then would you say that's common or not common?
1: I would say maybe one out of twenty parents probably do that now in America. Okay. Um, it's not common, but it's, you know, it's you know, let's say maybe five percent, maybe three percent of probably uh of parents probably do that nowadays, and the main reason being. And you can elaborate if you want to on this, but my understanding why we even looked into it is that you can take those the those stem cells that are in the umbilical cord, and you can freeze them. You 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 essentially yeah. hire a company to freeze. Yeah, them. Yeah,
0: it's about uh, I saw anywhere from about one to two thousand dollars for initial fee for storage, and then it's anywhere for about one hundred and fifty to two hundred dollars a month. Yeah, I'm sorry,
1: I'm sorry, a year. A year, uh, yeah, I think it was like ten or twenty bucks a, a month. That sounds about right, then. Yeah, and so they they freeze it and. Uh, at any point, the child, or even the parents, or maybe another one of your children, or family members. Exactly. Um, maybe they get uh, is it lymphoma? Yeah. What's the blood disease? Blood cancer? Is yeah. Lymphoma. Um,
0: it's not lymphoma, is it? I don't think so. No.
1: So, but there are certain cancers that can be healed with those stem cells is it leukemia leukemia i'm sorry yeah leukemia Leukemia, uh, bone cancer certain cancers and also even different types of autoimmune diseases can be Mm -hmm. cured with this and so you essentially have kind of like a a backup plan if -hmm. your child or yourself say hey you know what um holy shit i have leukemia or my child has leukemia i have a whole you know stem cell worth or whatever you want to call it, a umbilical cord full of stem cells they can take those stem cells unfreeze them multiply them and then just insert them into your body in a certain way and it will actually repair your bone marrow or whatever You know means.
0: if if you don't mind me asking did you guys in, We didn't do it. What was the rationale?
1: You know it's um <clears throat> It's interesting it's probably the and most Again this is very
0: personal if you don't want to Yeah,
1: wanna, no no talk no, I you. don't care. Um it's probably the most ethical uh, way to receive, and we'll get into the different ethical reasons stem cells, even in the news, right, or even kind of a controversy. But I would say this is the most ethical way of harvesting or or getting uh, stem cells is through an umbilical cord, right? Because would agree with that, right? You you get a baby, um, there is no nobody harmed or no thing harmed. The umbilical cord is going to put in the trash. Yeah. So in in most cases, I think hospitals actually have you to sign it off, and they send it to science anyways. Because someone else may get it or, or researchers will get it. Um, or yeah, you, you can. You have the opportunity to
0: donate, donate it to like a public. Yeah, exactly. Court bank Which I
1: believe want. what we did. Um, or you can take it and freeze it. And, I, and we looked at the cost and we just kind of, I think we just kind of weighed the cost. And we said, you know, it feels like one of those things that you'll do and then five years will go by and you'll look at it just like most subscriptions and say, okay, I think I'm done paying this $10 fee a month.
0: Would you almost equate this, and, and I didn't hear, hear through this in the article that I was reading about this, um, so I'm curious if this is a little too far of a stretch, but I almost interpreted this as life insurance.
1: It kind of is, a little bit. Do you, you see the similarities there? I, I feel like it's a fair analogy. Well, it's life insurance, but it really, just like life insurance probably, it doesn't help in every case, right? It doesn't help in every well, case. It's, I mean, it's no it's different limited. than life insurance to where, you know, you never want to use it. You never want to use it. You pay for it until you die. And then if you do – Life insurance is different where you actually get it after you die So you're not getting it. Someone else gets it. Yeah. At least the umbilical cord, you could use it for yourself or for a child that you care for. Yeah, so so it
0: was really interesting um, as far as – So first of all, kudos to you,
1: Ann. Did the research, yeah.
0: Kudos to you, Ann, not only for doing the research but actually acting on the research that you've done, not only – um, you realize maybe you did a, a nice little family analysis to figure out what's popular uh, from a disease standpoint in your bloodlines appropriately. And then you ultimately just made the decision to to go ahead and, and donate it. So that's actually what the article it was almost borderline advocating. And, and and I don't know. I mean, it was Harvard.edu article, Harvard Health. Okay. Um. So I mean, obviously a fairly reputable source. I was going to
1: say not reputable, but okay. Harvard? I've never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? that, that yeah. <laughs> School across the country? I hear they're really cheap.
0: But um. <laughs> it, anyways, it was really interesting because they were saying, hey, yeah, of course, you know, take care of you and your family. But they were advocating for either A, going forward and doing a private bank, or B, go ahead and do- donating it to the public because while yeah. you may not have it, it could have the possibility of saving, you know, tens of thousands of kids every year. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool.
1: No, it's really neat. I think the umbilical cord one makes a lot of sense. Um, also, they're starting to find that the ambiotic fluid. Yeah has uh, stem cells into it uh, not collected currently in most cases but um as you can imagine when a baby's born there's a lot of just fluid that is around the baby um you know a lot of people think you know water breaks that's the amniotic fluid um and so there's actually stem cells in how there how the hell would you go about collecting that well when the baby comes out you're getting some fluid yeah but i'm talking, but about yeah like, <laughs> glass vial now yeah. it's not really sanitary yeah. it feels like yeah. i don't know yeah. um So one that we haven't really talked about, where stem cells come from, is what they call an embryonic stem cell. Um, This is probably the one that causes the most controversy, um, and you know, stop me at all, Jared, if I'm wrong on any of this, but from my understanding is is that these stem cells come from embryos that are usually about three to five days of age, so they're very young. Um, And guys, an embryo is essentially a, a female's egg and a male's sperm after they kind of Merge and they the initial be- conception, yeah, and they merge and they become what they call a zygote, right? A zygote. I think some of us have probably remembered that from you know sex education back in like elementary school, probably. So, a zygote is essentially um, the what 46 chromosomes 23 and 23, yeah, yeah, match X, yep. match X 46 chromosomes. It's first beer, that's why I could do that, you know, but 46 chromosomes that are now essentially a, a completely new human genome. Right. This is this is a unique DNA that has never been on this planet before, and so now you have this embryo that has been created. It's a couple days old, and during that price process, the zygote will go ahead and start mitosis, which is cell replication, mm-hmm. and it goes from a zygote to what they call a, and it's such a weird word, blastocyst. Oh blastocyst. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Is that kind of it's, you don't? No, no. You, there's no way no you remember that from school? No, oh no, I think you meant it in your research. Oh no, no, no I didn't come across. It.
0: <laughs> I was like, <laughs> blasphemous, yeah, my ass.
1: Blastocyst,
0: blastocyst, I'm sorry. which
1: is 150 cell, cells, so very very small. Oh,
0: right, still like I mean, literally not even the
1: head of a pin. Exactly. Right, so very small, um, but still uh, larger than the original two cells. It's 150 cells, about 75 times larger. <laughs> Once it's gotten this big, this is the optimal kind of point in time to go ahead and and remove a stem cell from the blastocyst mm-hmm. and essentially take that that stem cell and put it into what, what I'm going to call a petri dish.
0: Call what it is? Right,
1: put it in a petri dish and start replicating it. And this is what researchers do all around the world. Anytime that you're receiving stem cell treatment, this is probably the most common way that they're received from. And we'll talk about where they're getting these embryo- embryotic uh, stem cells from, of course, in a second. But normally you're taking this, this embryo and you're going to go ahead and extract a stem cell, one one normally, put it in a petri dish, uh, add in some, let's say, kind of proteins and kind of things for it to kind of survive off of. Yeah. And then it replicates. B- basically, be the mom. Yeah.
0: Be the scientific mom.
1: Yeah. And it will replicate and replicate and replicate itself. and co- let, Let's say it creates itself a uh, hundred or a uh, hundred thousand of itself. And it will just continually create more and more stem cells, not actually with any type of designation. No muscle cells, no nerve cells, because it's not really, it doesn't have like the DNA to make a full human. It just makes more stem cells. Mm-hmm. Now, why I said this is a little controversial is because during the point of removal, the embryo has to die. Right. Right? So the embryo, the blastocyst, the, let's say, zygote that is now, you know, within the first first month of um, living, right? This is the first month of the, the baby essentially being created— it has to die. There's no way for that embryo to continue living because once you remove one of them, it just, it dies. There's no way around it. Mm-hmm. And that's where it kind of red flags, you know, let's say half the country, it's right? About, I, it's about half. Right? Half the country or, or or some people that believe that at some point, uh, you know, at conception to baby being born, unfortunately, at one point you have to call a flag and you have to kind of say, hey, this is a baby. And so half the country Half the people in the out there, they say, hey, guys, you guys are killing embryos. Now, here's where it gets a little weird. Most of those embryos that they're using for research and for stem cell injections and things like that, they were going to be put in the trash anyways. You know, have you did you kind of see this? Meaning they were going to abort the kid? No, no. no. Oh, that's um, what I thought you were talking about. No, maybe you can talk about that a little bit too. Um, well, most of these are actually like in vitro. They're done in test tubes. Okay. So what I mean by this, guys, is that um, women, you know, if they're uh, a man or a woman are having uh, challenges, maybe having um, a baby, they will extract the eggs out of the woman surgically. They'll go into the ovaries, cut them open, remove, let's say, 15 to 20 eggs. They'll get the eggs out. They'll then take some of the man's semen, not via surgically because it's a little easier to get semen out of a man. Yep. Combine those guys in test tubes. So you'll get, let's say, 15 zygotes. Yeah. And then from there, you know, you're not going to put all 15 in the male, the female. No, you um, probably put like, you know, three. two to three. Yeah. Two to three of them. Um, And you'll you'll kind of, what's it called? Uh, add them back in. I don't, I don't know the right terminology. Uh, inseminated, maybe? No, nah, there's a term for it. Don't know. But they'll add them back in and to see if any of them will take. All right. Essentially, you're trying to get one of these zygotes to stick to the uterine wall. Let's say one does perfect. You're pregnant. Everyone's happy. But back in the lab, you got 12, you got 15 zygotes sitting in little test tubes all by themselves. Mm-hmm. What do you do with them?
0: So, uh, you know, a couple, a couple options is one. Hey, I got my one. I'm good. Throw the rest away to your point. You know, it'd be a little morbid, but let's call
1: it what it is. That happens every single day. I know, yeah. but
0: it, it doesn't feel uncomfortable saying that kind of truth. You know what I mean? But oh, yeah, yeah. that's, it is what it is. Yeah. And then others, they will pay some type of fee, a storage fee, if you will, and say, hey, you know, I might want a kid two or three years from now. Yep. Freeze them. Just freeze them. Yep. And then I will pick, you know, my blonde haired, blue eyed, and my brunette and brown eyed. And, you know, girl,
1: boy, you can pick a lot of that stuff. You can pick a
0: lot of stuff. You can yeah. perceive potential diseases, pitfalls, etc. And that's 100%. the whole, you know, I kind of made an allusion to it earlier this magic baby.
1: 100%. So during this process, you can kind of do this but you're probably not going to use all of the zygotes
0: no 15 of them i would say 99 percent you will not use yeah
1: so maybe if two maybe if three at some point there has to be a decision to essentially throw them away and what you know uh what's the treatment centers that do this ivf or it's in
0: vitro fertilization as I in yet. vitro yeah yeah
1: so these centers, these uh, fertilization centers they say, hey guys um you can continue paying us the free fro- freezy yeah, uh, yeah, fee for twenty dollars a month or um, you can donate them to research uh, and they'll go ahead and reproduce these in a lab, extract the the uh, stem cells and you know go sell that as a stem cell treatment to somebody or possibly donate it to a kid that has cancer. And this is where there's like an what I would say an ethical dilemma. There's there it, it is. It's a dilemma. I, I don't think there's a black and white answer. It's just one of those situations where it feels like ugh, now I know why there's so much controversy around stem cells.
0: Know.
1: Right? It, it's it, would you not call it an ethical dilemma because you are you're saving lives on one hand, but, but you're possibly ruining lives on the other.
0: Well. No, you're not possibly. You, yeah, are you are ending, you know, a potential life.
1: And possibly saving a life. And you're
0: possibly issue. saving.
1: Yeah. So it's one of those weird ethical dilemmas that I think a lot of, uh, and there's like, this is why when I was doing a lot of research and watching videos on this, a lot of these like scientists are like, they, they feel like they're in a weird spot when they're doing research on this stuff. And you can see why. So. Let's pause real quick. Yeah. What do you think? Be- beer time? Yep.
0: So know? we both just cracked our open second one. Cracked open our second one. Um, like Cody said, this is the Goose Island Beers hazy beer hug. Love the name. I know. Kind of a fun little bear with fun little glasses on. I like it. I don't really see the story. I'm was in the box or something, but.
1: Teal glasses. So Chicago.
0: Yeah. So because of uh because of my buddy, his name's Mike, he's from Chicago. Um I've actually We were roommates when we were like, what, twenty two and twenty-three. I've drank my fair share of goose island before but i've never had the beer hug i've always had the traditional i just thought it was like a goose island ipa in that you know classic black and green yeah. canner or bottle or yellow
1: yeah this is a different flavor
0: and man i have some good memories i've actually gone to chicago done a little fun uh you know drank my fair share of goose island there done a little fun little tour all that good stuff
1: Dude, this is actually. Uh, did you see on the side here? Brewed and packaged by Goose Island Beer Co. in Chicago and Fort Collins, Colorado. So it's not only a Chicago beer, oh, but it's I also a Colorado a beer. beer. 1988. For being a, uh, I'm not going to call it a microbrewery, but it's definitely a craft brewery. Um, what is that, 30? They're one of the OGs of craft beer. They're, they're in Craft the beer Sam was Adams. not 34 years old. Exactly. They're in the Sam Adams category. I didn't realize Goose that. Island's been around for a long time, it looks like. What are you thinking, man, about this uh, brew? 6.8 uh alcohol volume?
0: I was just saying, damn, you're going off the scale. Um <laughs> Damn. Um, so I wanna I want to just tell myself a little bit. Like I said, my buddy Mike introduced me to Goose Island 10, 10 12 years ago, and I loved it. Okay. Anytime I see a Goose Island, really? I get it. I, I actually it's probably one of my favorite, like readily available across the country beers, especially IPAs. I did not know this. So I wanted to like this well, as soon as I saw Goose Island.
1: You don't like it? Like
0: twos? I'm going to go a, uh, a pretty weak 2 8. Damn. I don't like this,
1: actually. I think this is fantastic. 4 2. Dude, somehow we're able to go opposites on IPAs. That just tells you that IPAs can just range so much in taste. This is such a smooth beer. 4-2. Four 4-2, two. Four two, buddy. This is a great IPA beer. J- Jared, right now, if you guys are watching him, he is uh, he's debating right now if he's got something wrong with him.
0: Dude, I, I wanted to go there. I wanted it. I wanted nothing more. Mikey hearing that, buddy? I wanted nothing more than getting the 4 for this guy. I'd be lying.
1: Dude, this is, I drink, I'm like, man, this is a great beer. I drank the first one, I had to slow myself down. I, I did, because I was thinking, man, I'm going to go through this thing in 10 minutes. How weird. <clears throat> wow. I, I stand true. I stand true. 2.8. Two eight four two. huge delta there, buddy. One that's, of our largest that's deltas. Rare for us. One of our largest we've, deltas. We've been pretty aligned know. On, on a lot. Now, you know, you know what I would,
0: I would. I would say the only beer that we haven't been relatively aligned with is the beer that I actually n- never made on the air? Well, that dill
1: you, pickle sour. Yeah, but you know what? Also the uh, the raspberry sour that we had. I think that episode just dropped today. Yeah, you were really low on that one. I think you yeah, were even of that ones. Was, I thought it was horrible. Yeah. Oh my
0: gosh, that. Um, who made that cucumber? Fresh. Yeah, because I like the cucumber guy, but you gave me the raspberry.
1: Yeah, that was by Tin. Uh, yeah, I wanted. Tin, the- Brewing, Tim Barrel. Tim Barrel, brewing, Tim Barrel company? brewing
0: Company. I want them to go out of business. but that's <laughs> I was just it's talking about ethical dilemma. <laughs> Me not protesting them tomorrow is an ethical dilemma. So
1: a couple of things that I want to talk about to kind of not, you know, demonize these stem cells at all, right? Because there paint, are... Paint, paint the holistic picture. Exactly, right? Like kind of give the good and the bad. Um, right now... <clears throat> There are are people that are getting stem cell treatments. Uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of people at this point have gotten stem cell treatments. Um, now, now some of these stem cells are, are bone marrow transparents. This is from a, a, a father, a mother, a, a sibling. I don't think there's any harm done there. There's a little bit of pain. There could be an infection. You know, there's It's a possi- relatively
0: not very invasive at all, actually. Comparatively speaking, it's
1: well, yeah. It's relatively safe. Yeah, yeah. No, it's safe. Definitely. Yeah, low infection rate. Yeah, it's just something that you know, someone's got to stick a needle into your bone and extract things. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds not fun. Like yeah. I don't want to have to do it. But if I'm saving somebody else from leukemia, sounds not bad. Um. So when I say hundreds of thousands, it's not like there's hundreds of thousands of people getting stem cells from, um, possible babies. It's hundreds of thousands of people that have got stem cell treatments. Now, stem cells range. We've already talked about adult stem cells are like bone marrow or fat that are extracted from adults. Okay. That's not that big of an ethical dilemma. No. Um Prenatal. This is,
0: this is a willing adult yep. con- consenting to say, yep, hey, I want to do this. for Prenatal
1: them. stem cells. Uh, I think this is the most, uh the, the simplest of all of them. This is using literally waste during the pregnancy process. Umbilical cord. Ambiotic fluids. Done. That's an easy one. embiotic uh, stem cells seem to be the one kind of holding this up. Now, what can you do though if you do extract these stem cells from all different types? Um, type one diabetes.
0: Oh, I thought I read type two. Okay, type one right. Type okay. two is not
1: that big of a. Uh, type two is an issue, but normally it's due to life decisions. Type one is you were born with.
0: Right? Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I remember the difference, but I could have sworn maybe I misread. Yeah. Maybe I misunderstood. Parkinson's disease treatment I did not come across that one.
1: Uh, different types of sclerosis, Alzheimer's disease, heart diseases, yep. strokes,
0: and burns. And, and oh, by the way, what is one of the leading causes right now of death in America?
1: Stroke. Heart disease, right? Heart disease. Oh, yeah, number one. Yeah. yeah. Number one. Stroke, which is number, kind of like a heart it, disease. It's up there. I mean, yeah. yeah. A burns, cancer, oh, and Oster, Burns. Burns. I didn't come across that one either. Well, if you think about it, you know. Your skin. Get to regenerate, yeah. Yeah, now you can regenerate skin. How amazing is that? Osteoporosis, osteoarthritis. I mean, sorry, not osteoporosis, which is kind of similar, to be honest, but osteoarthritis. So these are like life-changing diseases. This is not the flu. This is not a cold. This is not, you know, some type of viral infection. These are things that most people die with or have to live with for a long time and then die miserable. Mm-hmm. in most cases, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about cancer, if you think about Parkinson's, if you think about any type of sclerosis or MS. Um, and I'm not going to say the word cure because, you know, we don't want to get sued, but it seems like the stem cell treatments reverse a lot of the challenges with those diseases. The word cure essentially kind of makes it feel like it's like a 100% fix. I don't know if you can fix anything a 100%, but it seems like Sim cells almost are there.
0: It, it seems like the risk is well worth the reward. Yeah. Like I said, you know, if I read in one, I read it in all of my articles. As far as one of the the, the indisputable pros of this is the benefit that you get weighing the relatively low impact
1: from an invasive standpoint. Oh, it's like a shot in most cases. <clears throat> yeah. Like, like you're just going to get it inserted into the area of an issue. It, and this is where I, I said in the title, I don't know if you saw that. Magic. Yeah. It feels like kind of magical, like in, in how it works. Like I, I get it. There's science behind it and all that kind of stuff, but compared to all other ways you fix this stuff, chemo, non-surgical radiation, cutting you open on the open on the table for eight hours underneath, you know, anesthesia.
0: I was just going to (laughs) say talking
1: about how you get them for there for eight hours. (laughs) Like all these things are extremely invasive High risk. You do stem cells and it's like, oh wow, this little needle's gonna insert into here, or you know. Damn. Feels a little magical. Um when I say magical, it just feels of like of course it's yeah. it's a fun little yeah, you know. What were you so, kind of finding when you were going through all this stuff?
0: So I understand, you know, the the one that's causing the rift, the one that's causing, you know, the divide, if you will. Is, of course, the the embryos. Yeah. And, and I know right before our beer, you know, we talked about the ethical dilemma, I think is what the word that we ended up settling on there. But quite frankly, I don't understand the dilemma. Because to our point, you know, the, it's just a different discussion. So we we can't try to take on the whole world with this podcast, right? Just one episode at a time. But... uh What I mean by that is if you're okay, if you're morally okay with IVF and, and like treatments, then why is there any point of discussion? Why is there any type of backlash or point of contention with utilizing those unused eggs? Otherwise that would be frozen until the end of time and, or thrown away often, more often than not thrown away. Why would you not want those? Yes. I understand you, you are effectively killing someone. So I, I get that, but in the same vein, it's not like you're going to have all 15 of them go inside the soon-to-be mother, right? So you are going to be throwing them away, or you are just going to freeze them till the end of time. So in a way, those those, those zygotes, right, to use the, the proper medical term there, they were never going to be, they were never intended to be human beings. Now, if you were to put those in a mother, uh, the, the theory, the, the desire, the want, the wish, etc., would be that they would become, but that's also the mom and the dad's decision to only insert two or three at a time. Yeah. And so those are the 12. Hey, some, some people that most people probably, I'd be curious to look at the data, so maybe I shouldn't say most, but my a reasonable assumption, I would think that going through IVF, you do it one time, you get your kid, and then you don't do it again. I would say that's kind of the, the not the norm going yeah. through it again.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's probably one or two. That's probably where, yeah.
0: Um, but anyways, okay, so let's just go two. And let's say that the the couple's super uh, super fortunate, super blessed. Um they insert, you know, three eggs at a time. I think it's three, but whatever the case may be. So now we're getting put at nine. So those nine zygotes either they're gonna be frozen until the end of time, never getting the opportunity to actually turn into to you know, formidable life. Yeah. Or they get thrown away or then the no-brainer solution is they get to actually help living people. So that's why I don't understand because I don't feel like you're ending life. This is very different from the abortion conversation that you and I had. Yeah. In that these these embryos, these zygotes were never, it feels so so dark to call intended for life, but. That's potential. the only. That's yeah. the only word I uh, grouping of words I can come up with. Am I wrong there in saying never intended for life?
1: It's so weird, maybe because uh, no, how, I, how do you um, properly say it? I potential life intended for life. It's the problem is is the word intended actually they are intended for life. You just selected the other two. Yeah, it's kind of like. A, but then again, guess what? How many sperm go in to fight for that egg? Uh, Depending on your count. Let's say a million.
0: Yeah, let's call it a million.
1: Okay. So right. you got a million sperm that are fighting because they're all intending to win. Yeah. So so it's kind of one of those weird things. It's it's a numbers game already with the sperm. What about, I mean, let, let's call it what it is with the sperm.
0: What about masturbation then? Yeah, that's true. I mean, if you're going to be against these zygotes with, you know. Are, kind you, of are bun- you
1: disposing intended life? Yeah. I, I mean, we can take it that extreme because in a way. They did for a long time. You know that was a big deal in the United States. Um, there was like a push, I think, by the church. I assume. Oh, I could assume, you know, yeah. Catholic church. And yeah. Like that, right? They probably were like, "Hey guys, um, you're killing possible babies." You're like, "Hey yo, that's only twenty three chromosomes. That but, is not life
0: yet." But I see a lot of similarities with this, it this is. conversation
1: and this argument in masturbation. Um, the only thing with the the zygotes, right? And again, this is why I call it an ethical dilemma because there is, <clears throat> you're already kind of playing the whole woman's body and man's body. You're playing it a little bit. You're already kind of like, you're, you you're, are playing God. With yeah. That you're idea. playing net. Whether you can't believe in mother nature, yeah. God, I don't care what it is, but guess what? You take an egg and you take a, a sperm, which normally occur inside a body and you take it outside and you try to do it in a little petri dish. Yeah. You're, You're not doing how nature intended. Mm -hmm. So you're already kind of playing it a little bit. And I look at it, and this is why I say it's an ethical dilemma, because as soon as you add science into that kind of thing, there's something in there that seems a little fuzzy. That's why I called it an ethical dilemma. But now I get your point. Is, are those, let's say there's 20 of them, and you use three of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you get 17 of them left. Those 17 that are sitting there, kind of frozen up, their potential for life. There is potential for life, but there's not 17.
0: So, see, and that's where I'm getting mad. And that's why I'm actually kind of happy that I'm okay with the, the potential for life. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that verbiage. And the reason why I don't think there's much of a dilemma is because those 17 zygotes have the opportunity to enhance 17 other people's bodies.
1: It's true, they get to be part so that of it. life
0: goes on. They they literally do get to be a part of that. Yeah. So that's why I I actually I'm gonna this d- I'm gonna dismiss this this ethical dilemma at least so. in in the mind of Jared.
1: Okay. I didn't really see the ethical, ethical dilemma there. Here's where it gets a little fuzzy. I'm just gonna add a little sci-fi into the mix here. Because Let's do it. Why not? Yeah. Um, in. I've mentioned this book many of times, and Mister Hazy Bear Hug has kind of helped me out here, not making me remember it. Um, shit. Uh, so, in this scientific world, or this—sorry, this this future world—he um, writes about.
0: Oh, they were taking the somas.
1: Yes. Yes, soma drug, and all babies are born in essentially test tubes. So I just saw. This is why I'm bringing this up because it is sci-fi. But this week, I don't know if you saw this. Jerry News actually Brave New World. This. Brave New World. So in Brave New World, come on, all humans are born in test tubes, right? Essentially, females and males they provide their you know needed chromosomes, and they go on living their world. And then everybody is born, and then essentially provided parents. They're not actually born to parents. Um. I think it's one of the best books I've ever written. Or, written, best you w- books you wish I know, right? One of the friends. one of the best books that I've ever actually read. Honestly, I, I refer to it, and I've read it multiple times now. Um, You've
0: recommended that book a lot. Of a times. lot. Been, like various people. Yeah,
1: Brave New World It is a fantastic book. It came to light this weird this week. It was either last week or this week. They took a lamb or a sheep, I believe, and they put it in an artificial they they took a zygote from a lamb because it's a mammal same thing they put it in an artificial placenta no artificial womb with a placenta and they lab grew the entire lamb a living lamb and gave birth to it
0: oh, I didn't see that
1: so they were able to take something from you know two two t- donors you could say. And create it from, and, and never have the the woman in there again. The, the woman's uh, body fully functions. <sighs> I see that, and I'm just wondering, how, where does this road go? Does it go to the, all those zygotes that you give away? Could one of them all of a sudden maybe be given to a laboratory that generates a baby? Well, That's kind of weird, right?
0: So here's where I think the, the dilemma comes. You know, we talked about this.
1: Third beer of sci-fi here. I love this.
0: So I'm not going down the sci-fi. i you oh, actually going to go oh. down the economic piece. Oh, okay. So we talked about this. I'd be lying if I said I could. Oh, in episode 33. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Social Security episode. Oh, yeah. And, and one of the biggest pitfalls, downfalls, et cetera, whatever you want to call it, of Social Security today is the fact that people are living longer than when it was created.
1: And our population's not growing at the same rate. Yeah.
0: So now <laughs> oh you have stem cells in the mix. <laughs> and now people are going to start healing from leukemia, healing from type one diabetes, healing from, you
1: know, Oh, I thought cancer. you were going a little bit. That, okay. That's, that's already happening. I thought you were going to say, now we're going to be producing more people in this artificial womb.
0: well, so I I went there I could have okay, went there okay. but I, I just that's a little too much okay I was actually talking more so that people are going to inevitably live longer than oh the, yeah the more natural adoption that this the stem cell research gets it, it's going to put our our country I'm not gonna say the world because I I don't know in a I'm very
1: not, weird predicament
0: I'm not too familiar with the other social programs are from a social security standpoint with other countries in the world but what I can speak to is the U S and if our Average life expectancy in the U.S. grows from, I, I believe today it's 74, 75 in that area. If it increases, let's say it increases five years. Holy shit. Oh, you know what that would do to Social Security? Massive impacts. So, uh, I, I think there's a huge economic play. And I know this sounds incredibly morbid. Like, like oh, Jared, you don't want people to live longer? No, I don't. I don't.
1: <sighs> well... I don't. I don't know if I agree with that point, guys. What
0: do you mean? I don't care. You, th- you think? I don't. From care. a society standpoint, we can afford for people as a as a whole to live longer.
1: So, I think we can afford for people to live longer as long as we have more babies. Well, that
0: takes eighteen years. Yep. For them to generate even a fraction
1: honestly it takes 18 seconds for some to generate and then it takes 18 years for it to for them
0: to economically produce yeah
1: 18 years after yeah, okay. yeah. you don't think
0: we'd be in a world of hurt
1: <clears throat> no I, I, I well right now we're in a weird predicament right luckily you, you, you don't
0: think that we would like in order to properly support you know this let's just call it stem cells allows people to average age is a hundred you, you so, think we have all of the means here to naturally produce enough food, enough water? Yeah, because Arizona's never in a drought. California's never in a drought. You you think our, our population could, could grow?
1: Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't think we're in a population issue. I think we're actually in a population collapse issue. I think we need more people. Um, one, oh, we should do a population episode. So I know I know there are so, yeah right on the list because I'm starting to get sick of our list not looking like it's got a lot on there. I actually had one today, um, so right on the list population sure more or less. What should we have? Um, but to Jared's point, he's saying, hey, you know, do we have maybe too many people? And I think he's actually on the side of maybe we do, maybe we are. And I was I was thinking if if our population in the United States decreases year over year, economy collapses. Yes. Right. Um, I, don't, I don't think people realize this. It's kind of funny that all these companies try so hard. All of these Fortune 500 companies try so hard every year, right? To to increase their revenue, increase their profits by five percent, or whatever it is. Let's say three percent. What does the population grow every every year in three percent? Well, that's weird. That's 3% more buyers.
0: Well, so so guys, what it is, a very popular metric that's not often talked about on Wall Street, and I know Cody's come across it a thousand times with his clients, is the average age of your client, customer, member, et cetera. Because if that age is going up every year... That's a problem. It's not kind of a problem, it's a death sentence.
1: <laughs> here's a weird one. So Elon Musk, the other day, he said the number one metric that he did likes he, to look at... Did he tweet it? No, I don't think so. It was in an interview. The number one metric that he he tracks as a
0: that's another episode i'm gonna add
1: this whole twitter issue because people have gotten just a little crazy okay. okay so what he what he mentioned in an interview i was watching the the metric that he is worried about is the amount of adult diapers sold versus child diapers so in some countries more adult diapers are now sold than children diapers Again, more adult diapers are sold than child diapers. That means there are more 75-plus-year-olds than babies. Your country is going into zero world. That's what that means. Your country is going, it it literally is on the way to zero, Mm. which is kind of weird to think about. Does zero sound (laughs) good? No, no. So that's that's weird. Now here's the weird thing. That's why what a weird metric to track diapers. So Japan's in the situation. Age of diapers. Japan purchased. Japan isn't so Depends is the adult diaper brand versus like Huggies or Pampers. When there are more Depends sold in Japan than the other two because there are more people older than you know seventy five or whoever's using these older diapers than babies. Nobody's you know having babies in Japan in America to your point I'm going to push back a little bit we'll do more in our population I'm going to just quickly say we have a unique advantage where we are able to take in people that are not babies every year to help supplement our low birth rate via immigration
0: I was just to say are you are you okay I didn't know if you're going to actually say it I knew where you were going
1: we are in a very cool a very cool situation where America is extremely desirable to move to. I'm kind of annoyed that you already did that because I thought that was actually going to be the
0: first argument that I was going to attack you at with this episode was the fact that our population increases so vastly every year now.
1: It's because of our integration. So we, we're able to we, – America is, I think, a 1.8 uh, replacement rate, meaning that for every two people that are married or, or a couple, they have 1.8 children. That means that we don't have a good replacement rate.
0: Actually, speaking of jury news, did you see, I believe it was a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, um, at least a month ago by the time this airs, is we officially reached 8 billion. As for the whole
1: world. Global population. Yeah. Kind of cool. Yeah. So, did you see that all of the world projections for our population have all decreased? Oh,
0: I did see that. That was a few months ago, if I remember Kind
1: of right. scary. Yeah, what that means is essentially people are not having babies, right? You're having, you know, couples are having one baby, two right.
0: babies. It's, you know, it's actually kind of interesting because it's it's not always by choice. You know, we've talked about, you know, plastics, whether it's laptops being on, you know, your laps mm. and things like that. You know, it's it's not always by choice. Yes, no. there is a generational shift as far as you know, the, women the family, values, family yeah. values, women careers, etc. Um, we we've talked about this and kind of compartmentalized, if you will, throughout of various episodes, but um, yeah, I mean. Decreasing population is a scary, scary topic.
1: Well, you got to take that side because it's – Oh, something-
0: I have no problem taking it. It's still scary though. Okay.
1: Keep on going here, buddy. Let's get back on topic. Okay. So
0: let's see. So I know we talked about you know this ethical dilemma. I, I feel like you and I and I feel like the, the world for that matter is fairly aligned on you know the, the two ways that we can get it, you know whether it's you know through um, you know the cord blood or you know the you know just these uh, these daughter cells, etc. But the embryos, I don't know if we have a real problem. I mean, if these babies are going to have the opportunity to help someone, I I can't see the problem there. And, and that's where I'm going to push back on this on this ethical dilemma because I understand. I understand it's in a way killing a potential life and, and you know these these egg and these sperm were were put in this pt dress for a potential life, and then for one reason or another you know they never weren't used so whenever given the option, trash can and or helping an underprivileged person uh an unfortunate person you know around the world around the country et cetera i I don't really see the dilemma in that
1: no no i i think I think I agree there I think. And this is something that you know shifted even in federal policy and NIH policy. We've been able to do research for stem cells for the last ten years. Uh, I think two thousand nine or two thousand ten. Um, the Obama administration reversed. That
0: not be ten years ago. First of all. <laughs>
1: Now, isn't that crazy? The Obama administration switched up some of that stuff, right, where they they essentially redacted a lot of the Bush administration where they essentially stopped funding. They said, hey, guys, you're not allowed to do any research on stem cells. Um, we believe this to be, you know, essentially kind of aborting zygotes or aborting, you know, babies. So we're not going to do it. The Obama administration came in and they said, hey, we're going to redact this. We're going to allow funding because we do believe it. To Jared's point, there are life-saving potential that is getting thrown out because that's what was happening, right? Um, Parents were going into getting, you know, still, they were still getting IVF treatment. They were still getting fertilization treatment. And then all of those 15 or 16 fertilized eggs were having to be thrown away. To Jared's point, people are still going to do that, right? Unless that becomes illegal, unless that becomes something that is demonized or something that is like, hey, should we even be doing this? If you're going to get any type of fertilization treatment, and there's going to be extra um, stem cells, extra zygotes, then don't throw them away. Yeah. Like it's going to happen. Like but you're so, not going to So have you fishing. just freeze them to the end of time. But you're going to die. Someone's going to stop paying the bill. Yeah. So either you're going to you know freeze them until you die, and then they get thrown away. Or you are going to say, hey, yep, we're good with two kids, unfreeze them, use them to create a stem line and help out lots of people.
0: So so that's what I'm saying. I I world according to Jared, I don't see the dilemma here. So I guess as yeah. you know, we're I, I'm about halfway done this third beer. You know, is it time for opinions?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um I think so. I think I think Definitely, let me make sure I went through everything here on my side here. So, I mean, as um, you
0: go through that, man, I'm going to go far and say, you know, I'm not refuting the fact that there's a rift or a divide. All I'm saying is the world, according to Jared, I personally don't see it. I see a lot of pros to stem cell. And I I think the cons are, are relatively minimal in comparison. So, I am a stem cell person. No, no I, am, I am for stem cell.
1: Jared was created from stem cells.
0: As we all were. I mean, we, true. And we still it's all are. Organically. Yeah. to my knowledge, I guess. I don't know.
1: Just, oh, so there's a difference between organic and not organic stem cells? I guess there's not
0: a scientific
1: difference. No, not really, right? That's that's kind of the key. That's the idea. That's, that's kind of po- the cool thing, right? Yeah,
0: it's kind of a good point.
1: Um, We all are born from stem cells. Uh. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't know where I was gonna land here, buddy. I had no idea. I you know. I so I didn't either. Yeah.
0: Because honestly, whenever whenever I started talking about you know the designer babies and, and shit like that, that's, that's that's kind of different, different conversation, different topic. We should do that, huh? Want
1: to do designer baby? It's a hard one. Is it sensitive? I don't think it's. I don't think it's sensitive. Okay. Um. And just so you guys know, what designer baby is, is hey, we go through, you know, treatment, fertilization treatment, and, uh, ooh, we look at the DNA here, and this DNA, th- this child has the, um, not, I don't know, what's it, the genome uh that will present as blue eyes. Well, we're going to choose that zygote. You know, and those,
0: those blue eyed babies are just, they're pretty.
1: <laughs> they are. They are. <laughs>
0: Cody agrees.
1: I have two blue eye babies, yeah, so I looked out there, uh at least if you believe in you know blue eyes being better, I like blue eyes I'm a big fan of blue eyes they're rare. My wife says green eyes are actually the most rare and the best I didn't know that yeah eh, whatever but, um, just but yeah, designer babies that's kind of a cool one i think I think there's I think there's a good conversation there because some countries are kind of going a little bit over the top with it, where they're <clears throat> They're actually manipulating the genes to have certain things. And China has gotten in trouble with this with some some uh, scientists and doctors.
0: That's something we need to talk about. China? What's going on in China right now?
1: Ooh, we could do that. want to welding,
0: welding doors shut? Oh, we could do that.
1: You want to do? Let's do that. We'll skip episodes.
0: Holy shit. I've seen some videos the last couple weeks. Yeah. Dude.
1: Let's record next week and we'll release it that week too. Because it, it's kind of relevant time-wise, you know? Okay, so opinion on on stem cells. You know, I've thought about getting stem cell treatment a couple of times. Personally. Oh, with your knee? Yeah, personally. Um, it's not extremely expensive. They've started becoming more and more common here in the, in the United States. And, um, you know, I've thought about getting it just to see if it would help improve. You know, and, and just so you guys know, I, you know, I've had ACL tears. I've had some uh, LCL tears on, in my knees. And so just in general, I'm not saying that I'm in like horrific pain. No, 30 years old, 31 yeah, years old.
0: 31 by the time this is big dog. Oh,
1: damn. Shit. I was 31 years old. And um, I have more knee problems than most 31-year-olds probably want to. Uh, but in general, I'm not in pain. And so it's one of those things that I've kind of complicated. Is, hey, would this help? It probably won't hinder, to your point. But it is kind of expensive you know it's like you know i can see why too after doing a lot of this research the ethical component never came up in me using of stem cells personally right so that's interesting thing about right i've never thought about oh should i go get stem cells ooh am you i don't
0: understand where they come from so it's actually very similar in a lot of these podcasts that we talked about from a financial standpoint exactly. from a welfare you don't realize that it's your neighbor
1: that you're getting money from And that's where when I started doing the research, I started thinking about, do I want to incentivize this program?
0: And and, and what he's talking about by incentivizing is whenever you use it, whenever you pay for it, clearly you're creating the demand for it.
1: I'm creating a market now for- Creating a
0: market. That's a better word for it. Yeah.
1: I'm creating a market now for donated zygotes. Let's be honest. I call it what it is. Yeah. I'm creating a market for women to provide their eggs that are now fertilized by a male to be essentially put in a petri dish to never live and be removed from stem cell. And that's where I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want to create a market for it. Now, I'm personally looking at myself at 30 years old and saying, oh, I'm not really in that much pain. I'm not really, like, I'm not really removed from doing anything excessive and you know i do some stuff that's pretty crazy like I, it's not like i i live a sedimentary sheltered life, yeah, yeah shelter sedimentary type of lifestyle right i do things that are pretty hard like i lift heavy weights go to the gym pretty active i i do more mostly active stuff so it's not like i'm like in one of those situations i mean yeah i'm a little bit of pain on my knees for a little bit today <clears throat> and i probably could go spend the money to do it if i wanted to but I still am kind of in those weird spot where I'm like, I don't know if I really want to create a market for. it. And I've I've kind of thought about this stuff for a lot of like a lot of medical things. And I've always pushed back on medical operations and stuff like that. In general, I'm like, ah, I think that stuff is probably more. There's more risk than reward at this point. But man, stem cells seem like very rewarding. There's to your point. You said this. There's a lot of reward versus risk.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean. I would pick stem cell 100 times out of 100 if given the option between stem cell or surgery.
1: Yeah. Dude, surgeries suck. So imagine, because you've been having some back problems. Oh, yeah. So imagine you go to the doctor and they say, hey, you know what? We're going to fuse, you know, L3, L4. And everyone, I don't know. If I they... won't do it. I, exactly. But let's just say. <clears throat> that's See, what They've been
0: asking me for years.
1: Yeah. So for most people listening, fusing means they're literally going to melt two of your vertebrae together there's a reason they're not together when you're born. They're yeah. not supposed to be. Yeah, They're supposed to bend. There's a lot of people now getting stem cells inserted directly into their spinal cord to repair that area. If they recommended that to you, do you think you would do it tomorrow? A stem cell? Yeah. Let's say it's within, if with, within arm's reach for dollars. And, and they recommended that and they said, Hey, you know what? 80% of your pain is going to go away. You're still going to have a little bit of stuff. Um, no long term risk, dude. If
0: you could take away eighty percent of my back pain, I would do it tonight, not tomorrow. I'll drive to the doctor tonight. <sighs> Damn. Okay, I would. So, dude, dude a honestly, big reward. between my between my back, knee, and shoulders, and, and and guys, just to let you know, I've had you know surgeries galore. College football treated me rough. Um, shout out to painkillers, I guess. But um, yeah, I I honestly after doing this research. <laughs> I'm actually going to start having a little bit more actual next step conversations with my doctor.
1: Yeah, it's weird that um, normal doctors, this is where where science kind of sucks. Um, all the doctors that you talk to, our listeners, myself, Jared, when were they educated?
0: 20 years ago, 15 years ago.
1: Were stem cells a thing?
0: Nope. Exactly. So, so they're not comfortable about it. If you're not going to... If uh, you weren't educated about it, why the hell would you recommend it? Because if you can't answer a second-order effect question...
1: Bingo. Now all of a sudden you seem unsure and all of a sudden now there's risk. lose
0: confidence and I go to another
1: doctor. Exactly. And so most doctors don't talk about it. They talk about what they know. Drugs,
0: surgery. I'll say they all know freaking painkillers, man.
1: Drugs, surgery. And so stem cell doctors are kind of a rarity. And um, there's there's probably... I would say one or two, and I was doing research on this, one or two large stem cell um clinics in in each metro area, big metro areas. so like Phoenix, Mayo Clinic. I think most people know Mayo Clinic. Guess what? We have a Mayo Clinic here in Scottsdale. They do a couple hundred stem cell uh, surgeries and surgeries uh, injections every year and They believe it to be kind of like the next wave. They do a lot of research on it and things like that. So I don't know. I I still, I don't know if I have a hard opinion on this one. I think it's one of those things that feels like there's, I do believe there is a little bit of an ethical dilemma. Personally, the last thing I want to see is, and this is weird. There's a reason. Okay. Right now you have how many kidneys? Two. How many do you need? One. Okay. Can you go uh, sell your kidney? I tried. (laughs) I'm kidding. No. Why? Do you know why? I don't know why. Okay. So united not all countries ban this, <clears throat> but the United States ban this. You cannot sell any kidney. You can donate it. The reason being why? You don't want to encourage backdoor surgeries? Black market. You don't want to encourage a black market. So no organs or bodily fluids can be sold. And this is where I think there is an ethical dilemma that a lot of people don't believe even like I think there's even a further ethical dilemma. I think most people look at it at service level. You're killing a baby, mm-hmm. and I say, yeah, possibly. I don't even if that's happening, you are possibly saving lives. The last thing I want to do is create a market where there is an excess of possibly killing babies. Of course not. Right where people go like this. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get this egg surgery. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and get knocked up just so I can donate it. Bingo. Or sell it. Bingo. Yeah. And and that's where I get that's where I'm kind of like fuzzy. I don't want to endorse it. I can that makes sense.
0: I can appreciate that. I
1: don't want to endorse
0: it. But you're king for a day.
1: I I don't want to create laws for it. I don't want to say hey. You can get paid for this.
0: So all right, I'm not gonna let you take that sissy way out <laughs> <laughs> by you not creating laws for it are you going to create laws against it i I just i look i know it's not a fun question yeah but you know that's a sissy way out saying i'm not going to create laws against it or for it i'm sorry
1: yeah so i would never create laws against the adult stem cells i don't think i would ever create laws against the what i would call prenatal stem cells i think they call it which is the ambiotic fluid and um umbilical cord the ambiotic stem cells which is the most controversial. I think there should be some laws around it. And there already currently is. <sighs> Thinking hard on this, man. I know, man. It's hard. Yeah. I I think it should be regulated heavily, to be honest. I think it should be regulated really heavily. Um... And the reason I think it'd be regulated heavily is that I think it makes people rethink their life choices. And what I mean by that is, we talked about how people have um, challenges having children, and we talked about how some of those things have to do with life choices. Some of them don't. I get it, but some of them has to do with our diet. Some of it have to do with uh, plastics and things like that. Um, the last thing I want to do is ever make sure that there's policies in place that incentivize bad use of our bodies that have repercussions for long-term health of the entire country or population or economy. And so I don't want to incentivize people to say, oh, if I lose my job, if I don't work hard, don't worry, I have a safety net. And right now we have that. And I don't want us to have the same thing with our reproduction of our society. Right. And right now we kinda, you know, Japan's already in this situation. Right. I don't want America to go into the spot where we treat our bodies like crap and then or 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 even even worse and treat our bodies like crap. We decide that we're going to somehow defeat God or to fight defeat nature and have babies in our forties. Right? You see these movie stars that do this. Oh, yeah. And and they defeat a lot of what nature determines is proper. Correct. And I don't think we want to create a society, society with a bunch of women that are getting pregnant in 40, in their forties. Absolutely not. And so when you when you incentivize kind of that kind of culture, I think we go down that rabbit hole and long term. Bad news. And, and it's funny. People don't think about it in their, their, they think about it in their lifespan. But if you take it two generations downstream, which we'll talk about in our population episode. We will. Ooh. Imagine your children's future. If all women decide to have children in their 40s, they will not have a child until they're 40. Okay. Well, increase birth defects, increase infertility, their generation now is kneecapped.
0: In, increase lack of you know mother support.
1: They're dead. Exactly. <laughs> Their father's dead. Yeah. Their family support is zero. So the 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 societal impacts are compounding. And so I don't want to incentivize it. I, I just don't know the right rule structure around so it. So
0: right now you're not willing to incentivize or disincentivize
1: it. Yeah. I would honestly I would disincentivize it somehow. A little bit. Okay. I would say you know, dude, it's so, so, so hard. I know. I know. It's so hard. I know. What I think, do
0: you do? Use a bigger gauge needle to make it hurt a little bit more? I don't know. What do you, how you disincentivize it, man?
1: It's funny because the best way to disincentivize things is it makes them more expensive. But man, that kind of fertility treatment is extremely expensive already.
0: 100 grand. Can be at least.
1: Fuck. Guys, I'm sorry. I don't have a good answer here. And it's probably because I'm. Not well versed on how a lot of these treatments work. Maybe this is a sensitive one. I know for our fucking listeners, but in vitro treatment, man, that's oh, a sensitive one. Okay, dude, we are at our hour. Yeah. you got anything else, or do you? Do you? Am I missing? Something? No,
0: I'm actually really excited that we're able to uh, to come up with a couple different further second order podcasts. Yeah, derive. Yeah, two yeah, of them. Yeah, derive. Thank you. Uh, derive a couple of them, whether it's, you know, the Twitter, whether it's population growth. Um, so I'm excited about that. I think that's kind of fun. Guys, uh, you know, please, we love interacting with you guys, whether we post silly polls about, you know, hey, you know, show me your voting sticker or, you know, give me, of course, you know, different podcast recommendations. You know, Cody and I, we love interacting with our listeners. We love interacting, making sure that we are, you know, it, our opinions are our opinions, however, Hopefully, as, we be, uh, as we've displayed over this last year, as we can evolve our opinions. Oh, yeah. Whether it's we evolve our opinions over an hour discussion or we evolve our opinions over, you know, hours of research or, you know, of course, um, customer – I'm sorry, customer uh, – listener interaction. So, we, we love it, guys. Uh, keep them coming. Until next Tuesday, right? Later, guys. Thanks. Bye.